Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, we are presented by Hashtag Basketball. Go right now to HashtagBasketball.com, and if you go to the Bulls section, there is a great couple articles. One is about the best-case scenario for the Bulls, and the following one is about the worst-case scenario for the Bulls. Uh, They have basically the biggest variance in the league right now, I think, for where they could finish. And right now, they look kind of good. There's also fantasy basketball analysis, some tools for fantasy basketball, and pretty convenient Twitter following for teams, beat writers, and uh, other resources, plus a bunch of other NBA writing. So go check out hashtagbasketball.com and hit refresh on a lot of my articles there on the Bulls side. So yeah, it's been uh, an interesting weekend. Most teams are three games in, four games in, somewhere in between there. And we're kind of starting to get a feel of what the NBA is going to be like this season. I think it's so far been pretty exciting, some pretty monster performances, some interesting teams that are look better than they should, a couple teams that look worse than they should, Golden State Warriors being one of them. I'm not too worried about the Warriors at all. It's a super team. They will figure it out. But fantasy-wise, we're still a little too early to make any definitive remarks. This early in the season, you should be taking flyers on multiple guys. You should have already picked up at least two to three guys because you just never know if that person's going to pan out. Uh, Mo Harkless, maybe he pans out. Maybe he plays 34 minutes the rest of this year. Maybe he falls off the map next week and he doesn't play anymore and, he, and he's terrible. You don't know, but it's worth taking a shot at these guys instead of just sitting around with Joe Johnson on your team knowing Joe Johnson's going to be fine and not interesting at all with no upside. So I'm going to give uh, a quick rundown We're not going to go game to game because that's a lot of games since Friday, but every Sunday or Monday we're going to do a weekend recap. That way uh, people who work for this um, podcast can actually have a weekend. So let's get right into just some of the stuff that I've noticed over the past weekend. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, right away, starting out, has the most usage in the NBA right now. That's right. More than Russell Westbrook, DeMar's usage is insane right now. And I'm not really sure how that keeps up. You can tell also that it's kind of hurting uh, Kyle Lowry's game. Kyle Lowry has not had a great start to this season. Granted, it's only been a few games. But looking at the stats here, Kyle Lowry is currently ranked 271st on nine cat averages. He's played 38 minutes a game, which is is pretty high, but he's shooting really horribly. And that's that will all change. It's it's two games for them into the season. I am not worried about Kyle Lowry at all. He's obviously a buy low candidate if you are in a league with people who like to panic. But on the flip side of that, I think DeMar DeRozan is at a sell high. He's playing um about a half a minute more than he did last year and scoring at really an un, uncanny clip right now. He's not getting to the line more. 
he's just shooting 52%. His percent last year was 44%. I do think DeMar DeRozan is more of a 44. I don't think he's going to fall back into, uh, you know, sub 44 shooting. But I think he's a 44, 45% shooter. And shooting at 50, almost 53% right now, pretty unsustainable. DeMar DeRozan is a one-trick pony. The guy scores. He's a, in a great, great, great free throw shooter. So if you don't care about free throws and you got him on your team, I don't know why you got him on your team. I would feel comfortable in moving him. Uh, Jonas Valachunas, he's finally getting the minutes that everyone said he should get. I like him going forward this year. The rest of the Raptors, looking at him, I'm not too happy with Damari Carroll. He's not playing very well. And I'm not sure at, you know, he's an older guy. He had his breakout year later than anyone else. I'm not happy with the the fact that he's reverting to a, a subpar NBA player. I'd watch him still, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of his. Let's keep moving through the NBA. The Indiana Pacers. One of the guys I'm uh, high on that team uh, this year is Thad Young. Obviously, the Paul George and, and Miles Turner look great. I, uh, Turner is is hot right now, and I don't think he's going to be as hot as he was in that first game. But I would not move him because I think he's kind of a stud. He's shooting threes, but uh, Thad Young, kind of in that um, big man who doesn't do every all nine categories. Uh, Trevor Booker would be another guy in that uh, in that range, and I kind of moved Thad Young up in my rankings simply because the Indiana Pacers were playing at such a high pace during the preseason. And kind of like I predicted in a previous podcast, during the preseason, pace was really, really high. It did drop off, but it's still higher than it was last year. And granted, sample size is very small. But the top uh, pace teams, you have Denver and OKC leading the way, followed by New Orleans. And then, of course, the Golden State Warriors, who should be up there anyway. But then, right after that, you have Atlanta and you have Brooklyn at 104 possessions per game. And Indiana, not too far behind, at 101. I did predict that we would see a league that was averaging over 100 possessions per game and we're kind of near that range. 18 teams have 99 possessions per game or more this year already. So going back to Thad Young, I had him kind of bumped up in the rankings because the pace of the Pacers was so high. But Trevor Booker also pace is bumped up for the Brooklyn Nets. I like both of those guys moving forward. I think Thad Young just does a little bit more. There's going to be less blowouts in Indiana's future, and Thad Young has a stranglehold on the power forward position in Indiana. Thad Young also known for getting great steals as a fantasy player. Trevor Booker I also like as well. He just does a little bit less in nine categories. Both of these guys are very standard league relevant. I know they were kind of at the late tail end of drafts, but they are starting. They're playing over 30 minutes a game, and they, they're getting good stats. Expect a few duds from them here and there. But I like I like both of the, those guys moving forward. I'm also going to throw the Morris twins in this category, the Morai. Both Mark and Markeef 
are playing starters minutes. They're playing 30 minutes a game, and they do enough things, shoot threes, get steals, that make them fantasy relevant. So all four of those guys are kind of those in-betweener wings, those kind of stretch four areas that would go good on a team because they're playing starters minutes. They should all be owned in all standard leagues. I'd probably rank it Thad Young. I'm kind of into Markeith Morris. He is a head case, but... He's gotten. He's in Washington. I think things are a little bit better for him now. And then I'd probably put Trevor Booker third, and uh, Mark Morris, Marcus Morris. I'm not sure with all the the hands to feed in Detroit that he's going to get enough usage to be better than any of those guys. But he's still going to get enough and do enough to be standard league relevant. Going back to Brooklyn, Lynn is a great pickup on on Brooklyn. He's going to be a fantasy darling this year i a lot of people were on him earlier when he plays a lot of minutes and he's on such a trash team that has nowhere to go he's just gonna run the show there he's going to be in a position to have incredible usage rate he also is a good rebounder as well Uh, brooklyn has some nice pieces one piece i'm kind of a little bit down on already uh ronde hollis jefferson i liked him going into this season I've already dropped him on uh, quite a few of my teams because I don't really have the time for a low-tier kind of standard league possibly relevant player to be clogging up a bench spot when there's perfectly good guys on the waiver that are look like they could be either breaking out or having a bigger role on their team than you thought. Hollis Jefferson could be a steel monster. But you got to remember, Hollis Jefferson got injured last year. Last year was his rookie year. So this is really kind of still his rookie year when you look at his games played overall in his career. And it takes a while for guys like that to to really adjust to the NBA. He and the other three named characters, uh, Caldwell Caldwell Pope and Michael Gilchrist, uh, they all kind of – it's weird. Only – it's hilarious because only assassins in American history – have three names and these three named guys are not assassins at all they're just standard non-shooting defensive wings and if they could ever learn how to shoot they could be fantasy studs but it doesn't look like if i had to bet hollis jefferson would be the one who's going to break out this year he's the rawest he's the youngest michael kid gilchrist actually probably looks like the best of the three named guys and I'm I'm watching him. I, I want him as a flyer if he's available in your leagues. Caldwell Pope, still on the jury's still out on him. Hollis Jefferson, he should be off your team. Look, I'm out on him right now. I'm still watching him. I'm still keeping an eye on him if he starts looking really good. Obviously, I'm going to pick him back up. But he's definitely in that guy you want to drop back down to the waivers to pick people up he should be in your in your expendable spots on your bench another guy i really liked going into the season was aaron gordon aaron gordon's also kind of had a slow start just like hollis jefferson but i like aaron gordon's potential more aaron gordon is basically the next big thing in orlando He's got the athleticism and the raw skill to really be a, a, an incredible NBA player. He's just not there yet. He's playing a different position. He's probably more of a four than a three, but with that crowded front court, they need him on the court somehow, so they've moved him to a three. 
he's still playing okay for being in a completely new position. And I think he's also going to have, you know, kind of some bad games every once in a while. But I'm not dropping Aaron Gordon if he's one of my bench players or kind of lower on my bench because I think his upside is just a lot higher. He's going to get more chances to prove himself over the course of this year. And he does just a little bit of everything, and he shows flashes of kind of greatness out on the court that give me more hope that he could be a a very good fantasy player versus someone like Hollis Jefferson. Other things I'm keeping track of so far this season is the injured backup point guard crew. Um, Also known as Ish Smith, Ty Lawson, and Tim Frazier. It's fun because these guys uh, should not have any fantasy relevance but they're they're thrusted into the starting role on these teams with guys who are uh, Collison, who's out probably only another week, but Reggie Jackson, who's might come back in December from an injury, and Drew Holiday, who might come back in December or January after his uh, he's just out indefinitely due to his wife's illness. So three very weird situations, different situations. But the minutes are there and the value's there. All three of these guys should be on a team. Right now, my backup point guard but starters rankings, I need a better slogan for that, go Tim Frazier, Ish Smith, Ty Lawson. Tim Frazier is just the better fantasy player. He gets a lot of rebounds as a guard. He's filled up the stat sheet against... The Golden State Warriors and the Spurs, he's done well in those games. I see someone who could probably have a role after Drew Holiday comes back playing either the backup point guard or a little bit of a combo guard with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's out indefinitely. We don't really know when he's coming back. I think Drew Holiday will come back by the end of the year, but I I really don't know. And that's why Tim Frazier's nice. He's... he's indefinitely the starting point guard there is Smith on the other hand there is a timetable for Reggie Jackson and Reggie Jackson will demand to play hopefully Reggie Jackson doesn't come back too soon uh that could wait until January so like overall totals this year those two guys are probably pretty similar I just like Tim Frazier as a nine cap basketball player a little bit more Ty Lawson's about to fall off next week once Collison is back. He'll still play probably 15, 20 minutes a game. He's getting across the board stats. He's doing really well in nine cats. He's not scoring a lot. He's really just feeding the ball to Boogie. But when Collison gets back, Collison's going to do that and more. He probably won't get as many steals. But it was it was nice to see Ty Lawson actually finding a place back in the NBA. I'm going to keep track of those three point guards uh, throughout the beginning half of the season and and their replacements when when their actual starters come back just to see how that's all going because those low-tier point guards, there's a lot of strategies that say, all right, I can't get a good point guard like a top-tier Chris Paul. I'm just going to wait and pay nothing or get a late-round guard, and they're usually almost as good as the mid-tier guards. Uh, and these guys are great 
flyers or pickups late in your draft. You throw them in there. They're pro- they're better. They're playing better than Jeff Teague right now. They're pl- probably playing better than quite a few guards right now. So I like finding those 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 point guard values simply because assists are hard to come by. And if you can get that off your waiver, that's that's really really nice. Looking at a uh, OKC. Adams has been playing really well in a lot of minutes. Uh, I like Steven Adams. He's 23. He just got paid, I think, today, um, $100 million. Congratulations, Steven Adams. I, I He's young. He's got an upside. He's playing the pick and roll more. I don't know if Russell Westbrook – actually, I know Russell Westbrook can keep this up. I don't know if he should keep this up, and if that's best for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oladipo, Adams, Cantor – they're all going to have to get more involved in the in this offense at some point. And I understand that if Russell Westbrook wants to win the game by putting up the most shots in NBA history, he probably will. And, he'll, and there's a decent chance he'll win that game. He's been one of the best players to watch simply for the, the amazement factor. I I love what Russell's doing this year, but he's hurting the rest of those players on the team by by using um, the ball so much. Being not pa- well, he's passing still. He's getting he's getting twelve some assists, but the usage for the other players could go up. The possessions for those other players. I like Adams just because he kind of he does big man stuff, and you probably got him at the end of your draft. If he's on your waiver wire, you should he should be on your team right now. Oladipo is trying to keep up with Wes uh, or Russ Westbrook. I'm not sure of that fit yet. It's just you know something I'm going to continue to watch. Oladipo is probably going to be fine for the year, but something I'm just I'm just kind of keeping an eye on. I think actually Kyle Singler might be the deeper league or bigger league uh, watch here. He's got to get more playing time on this team simply because they need someone to spread the floor out, and he can do that. And when he's been given the minutes, he starts breaking into standard league value. And that's someone I would probably I would probably keep an eye on. Ah, the bell means that there are trick or treaters, and it's time to talk about Golden State. So far, uh, KD has been the stud of the fantasy season, and he's really kind of taken the lead on this team. I really don't think it's a matter of him forcing his way into that. More of a the team wants Katie to feel like he's part of the team, so they're they're deferring to him. He's playing in closing minutes. He's kind of the focal point of the offense, and I think it's just to get comfortable with being a part of this, you know, kind of this monster juggernaut team that they have. Everyone's kind of still getting used to each other, but as I kind of predicted, Katie and Curry they're not going to be the ones to sacrifice a ton of shots on this team. They're the best players on this team. Every one of those guys' usage is going to take a step back. And what that means is Curry's going to go from the most historical season ever to being just probably the best player in fantasy, maybe second best now that Russell Westbrook is averaging triple doubles. But KD, he's still going to be a top player. It's Draymond and Clay that are going to take uh, the bigger brunt of the hit, but they're still going to be decent. Clay's probably hurt the most so far this year, but I'm not too worried about Clay or or Draymond for that matter because they both still play an integral part of this offense. And we might actually see um, Kerr experiment with running Clay on the second team or just 
I think there's just going to be a lot of different experiments with this team simply because they aren't meshing immediately and they have to find that perfection that they, they found last year. I'm not worried about any of those, any of those players, but the rest of that team, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the person who left that team, old Harrison Barnes. He's actually shooting. uh, He's playing pretty well. He's not doing a ton of nine cat things, but he is shooting pretty well and scoring in bunches. The, the Mavs don't really have a choice, but to give Harrison Barnes a ton of run. I was kind of out on him. I was down on him this year. I wasn't interested in drafting him because I think he can kind of fall off. But if you got it on your team and you don't like him, I'd probably try to trade high. But for me, it's it's a why not situation with Harry, old Harry B. He has the opportunity to basically be the go-to person on this team, even though, you know, Dirk's not going anywhere. That guy is ageless, and he will – I don't know if that guy will ever retire – He's Dirk's just still amazing, and he will he'll definitely be one of the, the greatest players of all time. But Harry Barnes, who probably won't be one of the greatest players of all time, still does have an opportunity to be very fantasy relevant this year and, and be a good player on the Mavs. The Mavs are kind of a weird team. When I look at the point guard situation there, I'm not really sure which direction it's going. Uh, Darren Williams had a monster first game and then fell off into more I'm old Darren Williams land, which is where you should expect him to be. He's not suddenly going to turn back the clock, but him, just like Joe Johnson, they're going to have their turn back the clock games. But Darren and Bray are sharing the ball, are sharing the point guard responsibilities, and they're actually running a bit together every once in a while. And I like Berea better in fantasy simply because when that guy has the ball he's doing something with it he's shooting he's passing he's he's after it darren can go stale both of those guys are still low tier standard league guys but i I think they there's a place for them in most standard leagues unless you're in very very shallow leagues the other backcourt that i'm paying attention to is the phoenix suns that's um an interesting situation and so far i'm not really sure what to make of it Knight, Bledsoe, and Booker have all had decent games in their in their very short season so far. But TJ Warren now, who dropped his career high 30 the other night, is part of the conversation. And so this is something I'll, I'm going to be watching throughout the season. I Bledsoe is a stud, and everyone who thought Booker would be better than Bledsoe, I, I, I completely disagree with. I love uh, Eric Bledsoe, his ability to fill up the stat line, his um, usage rate is always going to be high on this team because he really is kind of like the the true combo guard. He should be playing point and being like that point, kind of like that, kind of like a Russell Westbrook, really, because that's how, that's how good he is. He's splitting uh, the least amount of time on the team. Brandon Knight's averaging 29 minutes a game and Booker has been uh, around 32. So Knight's taken the the biggest hit from that. Booker everyone kind of predicted him for a breakout year. I actually think he's still going to have a pretty monster season, but he's not going to suddenly be like a top 20 guy. He's going to be a monster for where he was uh, starting out as, you know, an as a rookie, as one of the youngest rookies in the league, really, he's going to shoot better than he currently is. He's going to make more threes. 
I think his game is going to take up uh, is going to go up a step, which means he's going to be ranked higher than he was last year. But don't expect him to make the All Star team. Um, I, hopefully, I didn't say that in a previous podcast. But and also don't expect him to be like a top top fantasy guy. The guy is still kind of uh, a similar to Demar Derozan kind of a one-dimensional player except for i think he does more stuff than demar Derozan. he does get steals but he's gonna hurt your um your your field goal because he's he's not gonna shoot great but unlike demar Derozan, booker can make threes and you saw him making a lot of threes in the preseason so don't if you're panicking on booker don't because it's it's too early for that tj warren i don't know what to make of tj warren he's playing a lot of minutes and he's definitely playing out of his mind right now it's been three games uh there's no reason not to take a flyer on that guy uh, this team doesn't have a ton of talent and uh tj warren has enough of it to to obviously um start and play and play well he's very young he's 23 he's he's definitely shooting way higher of a percentage than than normal but you know, last year in 22 minutes, he did shoot 50%, and he almost had a, a steal a game and an assist a game. So I'm not a, I'm not expecting a huge the leap that uh that Booker will have from TJ Warren, but it's it's certainly not out of the question. He's 23 years old. I would be taking a flyer on TJ Warren. I would have I would have him on your team in in all but the shallowest of leagues. Why not? This is the time of year to take a chance on people you think who could possibly break out. Let's see, going around the rest of the league, um, the Bulls have been incredibly strange in their first two games. They shot lights out in the first game. Don't expect the Butler and, and Wade to suddenly be three-point studs, but do expect them to shoot a little bit more, and it, it's really nice if they could bump up their three-pointers uh, per, ga- three per game. That will bump their um, their fantasy value. It might hurt their uh, shooting percentage, but you weren't buying those guys for their shooting percentages. One of the guys on this team that I think has been really overlooked is Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson won the starting four spot because Taj Gibson is is a is an NBA professional. The guy is a solid defensive player down low. He's 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 not a sexy name. He's probably not really even paid attention to outside of the Central Division. But Taj Gibson really is has just been earning a starting role. He could have start started on quite a few teams over the last couple of years, and he's been buried behind Paul Gasol and then Boozer before him. Now he's starting and. The guy is just a, 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 a good big man. He's going to score. He's going to shoot decent percentages. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get blocks. You could throw him uh, in that same group as Thad Young, Trevor Booker, and, and the more I he uh, Taj is more of a traditional big man. So he's not going to he's not going to make threes, and he's not going to do a ton of steals and assists. But but Taj is someone who should be owned in all standard leagues, especially if you need those rebounds. And he, he does block shots, so don't sleep on Taj Gibson. The other two guys on this team, one of which who was on fantasy radars before the season, Nico Miritich, that guy's going to be so streaky. Um, I don't – I personally – it's hard for me to own streaky players because I get very uh, angry at them for not playing well for over a week or two. 
and then you drop them, and then they play really well, and then you're even more mad that you've dropped them, and it's just a, re- a recursive cycle that I I don't I personally can't deal with, and I don't need in my life. But if you're a lot more patient and even-headed than I am, and you can play those swings, or if you're in a rotisserie league where playing throwing them on the bench isn't a big deal for a couple of weeks for you, then Nico should be owned because when he is playing well, he is doing all of the things. He's rebounding, he's making threes, he's getting steals, he's getting decent assists. You saw in his rookie year what he could do. You saw what he did at the end of last year. The guy is more than standard relevant, fantasy standard relevant. He should be owned. The other guy on this team that I think possibly is someone to watch at least is Doug McDermott. Doug is more than a one trick. He's even, he's like a half trick pony. He shoots threes. A lot actually has been written about the fact that his assists, steals, and blocks are like historically non-existent for an NBA player ever. And I think Doug has went out and worked on that in the offseason. Do I think that's going to make him uh, suddenly a a, a nine-category stud? No. But if he can halfway approach what guys like J.J. Redick or Kyle Korver have done in the past, if he can get halfway there this early in his career... I'm liking I'm liking the future for Doug. This team is desperate for a guy who can spread the floor, who can shoot threes, and and Doug's looked really good in the preseason and so far this season. If you need three pointers and he's on your waiver, this is definitely someone you could stream uh, if you're in head to head leagues, or if you really want someone um, to kind of bank on if you're in dynasty leagues. He's kind of like a very 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 late round pick. I'm watching him. Some other players that I'm watching, and this will—I think I'm going to try to incorporate uh, guys I'm, I'm I'm on, guys I'm off, and guys I'm watching. And whether I'm watching them or not, it can go both ways. It's either I'm watching them because I think they could break out, or I'm watching them because they're just not playing that well. I'm starting with a couple guys I just already mentioned. Brandon Knight. I'm watching him because I don't really know his role. I like Brandon Knight as a fantasy player kind of uh, kind of a lot when he's playing starters minutes. If he's not playing starters minutes, I don't know what to do with him. Uh, Nico, like I just mentioned, definitely someone I'm, I'm paying attention to. A couple of guys who got off to really bad starts is Paul Gasol and J.J. Redick. Paul Gasol I am a little worried about because he's in Pop's system, and he played good minutes just the their, their last game. But that's because Aldridge was sitting, and you might have to turn Paul Gasol into a guy that spot starts, and that's definitely not where you drafted him or, or what you paid for him. And outside of roto leagues, you are, are are not looking good with Paul Gasol. It's too early to tell, and I don't think Paul Gasol is going to be as bad as those first two games have predicted. But with Pop's usage and and rotations. And just the way his his philosophy works, especially with big men who don't play defense, I'm fairly sure Tim Duncan, who would get off his couch and come back to the court, will play would play defense better for the next three years than Paul Gasol has played in the three previous years. But Paul Gasol isn't going to suddenly be not standard league relevant. So if you have an owner who's kind of panic on panicking on him and you can get him for the cheap, I would move on that. 
as an owner of Paul Gasol in a few leagues, I'm 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 just curious on where that's going. I'm watching that situation. A couple more weeks of him sitting and and him playing like 19 minutes, and I'm going to probably have to figure out a way to move him. And the best way to move a guy like that is sadly to wait. And that's not a luxury everybody has in their league sometimes. But in Roto Leagues, you can kind of wait. In head-to-head leagues, you kind of just have to deal with it. Hopefully your team is better and you weren't relying on Paul Gasol for your big man stats. But eventually, Paul Gasol's going to go off. And he'll probably go off for a couple weeks, three weeks. And when you have guys that you're not high on but are playing really well, that's the time to move those guys. And Paul Gasol's starting to fall into that category for me. J.J. Reddick's also starting to fall in that category. I'm not too worried about J.J. simply because his skill is in, in just shooting the ball and making a ton of threes. He's not shooting uh, particularly well. He's also not playing a ton right now. And I personally don't like to see that uh, he played decent minutes in the past few seasons, and he's been very standard league relevant. He's one of my favorite sleepers, actually, but to see him... Um, not playing a ton of minutes, I think is way too early on JJ, but I'm watching him now. Another guy I'm watching is uh, MKG Michael Kidd Gilchrist, someone I mentioned earlier. He had a monster stat line his first game and then fell back to earth. I'm not too surprised that he fell back to earth. I'm more interested in the fact that he put up a stat line I've, I've never seen him put up before. And to me, that just shows, all right. There's some talent there. There's some potential there. That's a guy to watch. That's a guy to take a flyer on because if he can start putting that game together over the next couple months, he's kind of a fantasy stud at that point. He's starting to enter into the conversations of Nick Batum kind of level, and that's that's a high draft round pick uh, compared to where you probably got Michael K. Gilchrist. So he's on my watch list. Another guy on my watch list that is probably for deeper leagues or bigger, bigger leagues is Roy Hibbert. Uh, Roy Hibbert, he had an amazing like five-block game to start the season out, and then his uh, knee disintegrated, and he was already out. For the, he's already sitting out, and I'm I'm really sad because I was I was willing to take a chance on Roy Hibbert simply because uh, big men who block that many shots a game in that like kind of thirty like, that per thirty six that he has. He's um, he's hard to come by, especially off the waiver. You know, I don't want this to be a John Henson situation where the only thing John Henson does is give you blocks in like 19 minutes. I was thinking that the um, Hornets were going to use him kind of in a, in a bigger role. With him being injured, obviously we we can't find that out. So he is on my watch list. He should be getting enough minutes to be someone that deeper leagues or bigger leagues. Should pay it uh, should have on a team or pay attention to, but I think he's going to venture into standard league relevancy if he's going to start playing plus twenty eight minutes a game. I'm not sure if that's possible considering he hasn't done that in a couple of years, but he's someone to keep an eye on. He's someone I'm keeping an eye on. Guys, I'm on this year who've had nice uh, quick starts. Mike Muscala on the Hawks, kind of a, a interesting stretch four or five guy. Uh, Mike Scott, who is uh, the one of the other big men on that team, who is probably the first off the bench, he's out for another month. So Mike Muscala 
He's going to be the backup four and the backup five. And he's played in two games, one of which was a blowout and one of which turned late into a blowout. So his garbage time minutes, I went and looked, aren't super significant. He did get more tick in those garbage time for sure, but he's really getting a lot of play at the end of the second quarter, which means he's part of the rotation. And he does enough on the Atlanta Hawks. He shoots threes. He's going to rebound. He's going to shoot a decent percentage. I actually like him going forward. He's definitely in that uh, borderline standard league, deeper leagues, bigger leagues. He should be owned for sure. I would take a flyer on him in standard leagues right now. You got really nothing to lose if he's playing well and he's playing, you know, 29, 30 minutes a game. Then you've hit on uh, a stretch four or five that's really kind of gold. Um, Mo Harkless, I'm a, uh, obviously a secret Mo Harkless fan because I've been talking about him for like three podcasts straight. He does enough in Nine Cat that uh, I really like, and he had a monster game the other night. I think that's what he can do. Obviously, he had a terrible game his first game, and that's also what he can do. But it looks like the Trailblazers want him as their starting three. He's good enough defensively to stay on the court. He's going to get enough tick to prove himself. He's another guy I'm taking a flyer on. If you got uh, Nurik from the Nuggets, congratulations. That's a great pick. I'm on him. I'm on Trevor Booker right now. I explained why earlier. And uh, Gorgie Dang, who's going to play Tibbs minutes. Gorgie Dang was relevant if he was playing like 27 minutes. Him at 32, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. I think I might be worried a little bit about his health simply because he's never played this many minutes before, but I don't think that's why he wasn't playing under the previous system. Tibbs is going to play those guys a lot of minutes because that's who Tibbs is. And I think he's going to fill up those nine cats. He's a, he's a really great nine cat player. And I've, I've liked Gorgie Dang for a while. Markeith Morris. I mentioned him earlier. He's probably, he's owned in not a ton of leagues and everybody was kind of out on him. He's playing starters minutes in Washington Go pick him up. He does enough things. He was ranked in the top 100 when he was playing almost starters minutes or a little bit above starters minutes in uh, in Phoenix. There's no reason to think he won't play starters minutes in Washington. Avery Bradley, I was high on at the beginning of this season. Smart's coming back, I believe, this week. So a lot of people, you might expect Avery Bradley to take a hit. I'm sure he'll take a minutes hit but i think he's easily they're starting two. he can even run a little bit at the one and he could probably run at the three if they're going really small i don't think i'm worried about avery bradley taking a hit with marcus more or marcus smart coming back too many marcuses in the league justice winslow looks like the heat is more justice winslow's team uh than it is hassan whiteside's team Winslow is kind of carrying the ball, uh, playing a little point forwardy type of guy, and I, I really like his potential. Um, he obviously needs to be a better shooter, but he's I'm in on him. I I, I want a flyer on him. I also want to take a flyer on Patty Mills. This is probably a little bit for deeper leagues, but Tony Parker is is definitely. F- heading into the twilight of his career and it looks like patty mills is easily a capable point guard and and more than a capable point guard he he played really well when tony parker sat in the last game 
and it seems like they've been sharing the ball already this year. So Petty Mills playing 28, 30 minutes is pretty um, pretty nice, and I would I would take a flyer on him if you need more of those point guard stats. If you got him um, expecting like a ton of assists, I don't I don't think you're going to get a ton of assists out of him, but I do expect him to um, be standard league relevant with enough minutes, and right now he's getting enough minutes. Uh, I like Patty Mills. Another guy I was out on coming into the season, but I'm already kind of convinced um, he's going to do he's going to be a little bit more uh, special than I thought he would be this year. Is Julius Randle? I I didn't really think Julius Randle was uh, a, f- a fantasy basketball kind of uh, item. I didn't think he was a nine cat guy. He seemed more of a to fall back into like the the tail end of that like points rebounds nothing else like a like a broke Trevor Booker or something like that. But so far this season, Julius Randle has come out like a stud. Um, I've really liked what he's done so far in this young Lakers lineup. He's only averaging 29 minutes a game, but he's got 15 points, almost seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block per game. And he's getting a ton of easy baskets. And that's really what I'm in big favor of is that those easy baskets blow up your field goal percentage um, and make it make it kind of give, give it that bump in case you have someone like CJ McCollum or someone kind of who who likes to shoot volume and, and Paul George type of guys and that's a real asset if you're in nine cat leagues and you care about field goal percentages not enough people care about field goal and free throw percentages but if you do care about three throws Julius Randle is not that great at free throws. He's not shooting enough to really kill you, but I'm I'm in on him. I'm in on him right now. Guys, I'm out on that I've seen either got hyped at the beginning of the year or um, hyped in the draft, or I saw I've seen too many people owning. Um, Brandon Jennings, like I said, in a, I think in a previous podcast, Brandon Jennings is not going to play a ton of minutes unless Derrick Rose gets hurt. They're not sharing the ball. This is Derrick Rose's team. This is Der- not, well, it's Mello's team. It's Derrick Rose's starting spot. Brandon James is going to run with the second team, but he's he's not going to play huge minutes. So if you're expecting him to have a breakout year, you're going to have to wait for an injury. Brandon Ingram, he's kind of a sexy rookie name. He's playing not enough minutes to be relevant at all. Uh, Jill Okafer is kind of in a in a messy situation. He is the epitome of points and rebounds and not doing much else. I'm out on him, especially with these minutes limits and all this other nonsense. I don't have time, like I said, to keep a bench spot for a guy who's only going to be, you know, lower tier standard league relevant. I'd rather take a chance on someone who could bump into that that mid tier off the waivers versus benching someone whose ceiling isn't as high. Um, Bradley Beal. I just I'm a Bradley Beal hater, so I'll just I'll throw that out there. I don't like that guy. He's probably gonna get injured. I don't think he does enough fantasy wise for me to be interested in him. I'm out on Bradley Beal, but I was out on him in the first place. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. I've seen people pick up Chris Dunn. He's buried. Don't bother with him. Uh, but he healed. He hasn't earned uh, enough minutes yet. I like to. I like. I'm still gonna keep an eye. I'm gonna keep an eye on all these guys. But I like to keep an eye on Buddy just because of that, that team's structure. Kelly Oubre, he has not earned the starting spot from Otto Porter. I'm out on him. And Teletovic, um, he was supposed to start 
Well, he is starting in Milwaukee, and I haven't seen much from him. I'm I'm still he's a borderline uh, to me. He's a, I wanted to put him in the watch list, but I I drafted him late in a lot of leagues. And like I said, you got guys who aren't performing right now, and they're at the bottom. They have their upside is questionable or their ceiling is low. Drop them. Drop them right now. Pick up someone who's playing well or his ceiling is high. Get those quality starts, especially in a roto league. If you guys got you got guys on your bench and they're playing well, don't keep them on your bench. Just play them. Don't worry about that that limit and uh, that that games limit because you know someone's going to get injured eventually and someone's going to set out some games and you're going to have some problems later in the season and you can always make trades. So don't worry about that. Play good guys right now. Drop low tier guys. Don't worry about the high tier guys playing. Um, crappy right now it's way way too early in the season so that's my weekend in review we'll probably be doing uh, those every sunday or monday moving forward we have some box scores coming up later tonight and throughout the week so i hope you enjoyed the podcast if you did feel free to give us a good rating on itunes or whatever app you use and the more reviews and the more ratings and the more people you tell about this uh, the better it is for us and the better we get bumped up uh, in the rankings for uh, people to find us so thanks for joining us uh this has been watching the boxes i'm mike catch and your host you can find me on twitter yep on twitter at watch the boxes all one word thanks for joining us have a good one